Hi there. Welcome back to the Nicholas Comics Q&A, your number one stop and shop for all things Nicholas Comics. Uh, some of you, of course, are expecting me to talk about Christian this whole episode, but I'm not going to do that. I already made a 10-minute video on him, and uh, just frankly, that's all the time I feel he, he warrants. Uh, certainly, he doesn't warrant a 50-part fucking documentary series that's not that's not uh, you know a productive use of one's time so uh, whoever made that 50 part documentary series like is this guy done that's so, that's so interesting like you know just, just shut up you know uh, I mean yeah I'm, I'm just not going to talk about him during this episode cuz uh, you know he's boring he's, he's a boring guy and uh talked enough about him anyway so yeah, one exciting, one really exciting thing this week is I've printed off some uh, pocket books, which are uh, some of my sci-fi stories, just in a smaller format. They're more compact, and the uh, pages are double sheeted. As I speak, I'm looking at a nice stack of them. I got uh, the Traveler, and got dispatches from Whitechapel, and of course we have an austere remembrance of Redline, which is a pretty long story, so I had to double staple it. But uh, yeah, these are available in. Uh, I'm after the Q and A is over. I'm probably going to go out, uh, provided it doesn't rain, and uh, stock up all the uh, little free libraries in my immediate vicinity with these. Because what says uh, high quality literature, like uh, some original, you know, content uh, printed on, you know, just standard copy paper. Uh, these are about the size of uh, one quarter of a sheet of copy paper. So, if that sounds like your bag, then by all means, get down to some uh, some little free libraries in the uh, Congress Park area soon, because these will be going, going, gone. These are free, and I'm just offering them because you know I think literature is important, and uh, it doesn't use up too much of my toner because these are little books, and uh, you know. I just figure it's high time someone read my sci-fi stories because, you know, I'm sick of not having my sci-fi stories respected because some of them are pretty pretty gosh darn fly, if I do say so myself. Uh, but, yeah, I'm looking at The Traveler, and it just looks so slick. I mean, it's just a nice little copy of The Traveler. Uh, there's no, there's no, you know, uh, there, there's no edits. It's It's unabridged. It's the complete story. So if you want to pick up a copy of The Traveler uh, to read for yourself, check out uh, free libraries in the Congress Park area. I've looked up the map here, and I'm planning out which ones to which ones to uh, check out and and uh, drop these books off in. There's ten copies of each. Like I said, three three stories all together. 
uh, 10 copies of each, so I can go to 10 uh, book boxes and drop off uh, all three stories in each one. Um, So that's going to be fun. I'm going to have some fun doing that, because there's quite a few near me, so I'll be sure and uh, check them out. I'll put a few in a... I'll put a few near the uh, Congress, uh, some in Congress and some in Cheeseman, I think. Um, There's some promising locales in Cheeseman, um, and also some along, I believe, uh, 8th, so I'll I'll be sure and check that out. That said, uh, yeah, these pocketbooks are really, really snappy. I might make some original content for them eventually, like uh, some one-panel comics or something, they're an interesting format. Now, there are those who claim that, uh, you know, printing stuff's a waste of paper and, uh, you know, that everything ought to be digital and everything should be, a, you know, a PDF. And I used, to, I used to sell my comics as PDFs, but all that happened is people pirated them and shared the links too much, and, uh, you know, that's just a hassle. Also, who the fuck wants a PDF? You know, you, you want a PDF? You want a flipping comic? Or something you can hold on to with your hands and say, yes, I got it. You know, that's an accomplishment. Uh, but yeah, it's not bad for the environment to print things, provided, you know, you recycle. Um, just saying right here, paper is like one of the easiest materials to recycle. It's easier to recycle than aluminum. It's easier to recycle than plastic. Like, literally. Paper is one of the most biodegradable materials on Earth. It's literally just wood pulp. So all the recyclers got to do is they just shred the paper up, mix it with some water until it becomes a paper soup, and then they just filter out all the ink and just, you know, send the paper to to the, you know, just they just pour it into little molding trays, and that's about all there is to it. Really not that hard. Um, so for all of those of you out there who uh, object to the consumption of printed media on a weird environmental basis, let me tell you, so long as your recycling facilities run on renewable energy, uh, it doesn't hurt the environment. Like, yeah, sure, cutting down forests, no, that's not good, but that's what recycling is for. So you don't have to cut down a forest because paper, believe it or not, just be recycled again and again and again. Or if you don't want to contribute to the waste, don't recycle my comics. Just keep them. Hold on to them. They'll be valuable someday. I can guarantee you that. But, uh, anywho, yeah, these pocketbooks are really, really looking slick. So I'm really looking forward to dropping them off. People deserve to read some some high-quality, self-published science fiction. And I may as well use these uh, little free libraries that keep popping up as a a vessel of that. You know, I've I've, I've been thinking about guerrilla marketing for some while, and uh, there's never very good advice on how to do it. It's always like, uh, oh, you you should sell your things online, or oh, you should sell your things online, or oh, you should sell your things online. It's very repetitive, very quick. You gotta use innovative tactics if you want to draw in the crowds. One of them course, being to print off free books and, and leave them in those little free libraries, because contrary to popular belief, people do visit those all the time, and people do leave books and, and take books. Also, another tactic I've never heard mentioned is 
Why not use geocaching to your advantage and leave some coupons in a geocache? That's a that's a pretty innovative tactic. Ever hear it? I don't know why I have to come up with all these uh, methods, but you know, I mean, I just think there'd be some interesting ways to advertise. But as far as I know, nobody nobody really knows any. That's a shame because you know, advertising is the uh, wheels of commerce. People didn't know how to advertise, there wouldn't be products sold. So uh, yeah, I'm absolutely along with advertising. I just think small small businesses like mine ought to be held same standards as like coca-cola or something like if coca-cola is able to you know plaster up a giant billboard saying drink coca-cola then there's no reason why i as an independent cartoonist can't advertise just as fervently i will advertise to the ends of the earth until my products get bought and i think they are going to get bought because listen to this i've sent something into cartoonist kayfabe and they have a viewing audience of at least 40,000. So I think I'm going to think my mailbox is going to get flooded, so to speak, pretty soon here. So that's pretty exciting. I sent the uh, cartoonist kayfabe guys a uh, college buddy's puzzle poster. So I'm looking forward to see how they uh, respond to that. I'm sure they'll get a get an absolute blast out of it. It's a lot of fun. Uh, just one of the just one of the merch items I've offered since uh, 2018. Not many people have ordered the College Buddies puzzle poster, I don't think. In fact, maybe nobody has. It's only like 3 or $5. I think it's only like $3. So there's really no excuse not to get a College Buddies puzzle poster for yourself. I mean, you know, it's a, it's a fun product. And uh, it's an original portrait of the College Buddies doing something wacky. And uh, it's cut up into little pieces, and then you have to reassemble the pieces after it gets to you in the mail. And, uh, you know, the idea being that once it's all taped together, you got to, like, tape it together, then uh, it'll be ready to frame or hang on a wall or something. It's like a nice piece of modern art. So, uh, yeah, that's pretty exciting. Each each uh, College Buddies puzzle poster is one of a kind. They're not printed off. I draw them directly in Sharpie. Their original work, so uh, $3, that's not so much to pay for, like, an original portrait. I mean, you know, some artists will charge, like, 100 for that. So, you know, I mean, just, you know, compare your options is all I'm saying here. Anywho, so, yeah, obviously these pocketbooks are a good strategy. Not only are they good marketing, but, you know, I'm just ready for some people to read my sci-fi stories, or at least some of them. Uh... The collection they're from, Graffiti on the Walls of Pierce Brosnan's Garage, is still available, has always been available, will continue to be available by writing to Nicholas Cicada, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. So if you pick up one of these hush puppies and you want to, uh, you know, and you want to uh, check out some more of my sci-fi tales, then uh, go ahead and write in. And I forget the exact price of Graffiti on the Walls, but uh, it, it's it's a really slick sci-fi anthology. As I as I speak, I'm working on another. Uh, you know, I, I've been uh, really multitasking this past week. I've been working on a lot of stuff simultaneously. One, I got my my you know second sci-fi anthology. I'm working on a cyberpunk novel. I'm working on a postmodernist novel. I'm working on my new comic, The Divine Tapestry. 
And, uh, you know, I'm working on several albums at this point, and as if that wasn't enough, uh, these these pocketbooks, and also, with this, got a new VHS in. Finally decided to spend the last of my comic earnings and uh, spend it all on a state-of-the-art, top-of-the-line, dual-head VHS player. I'm not playing around this thing is serious fire, so I think I think I, I will be able to offer some of my content on VHS before the year is out. Don't get too hopeful on me, but I think I might. When you keep in mind that I don't have a Patreon or anything, and I don't accept any online payments of any kind, this is a pretty monumental achievement, wouldn't you say? Darn right. This VHS player is a, a real beaut. It was built back when they knew how to build the things, and uh, it's not cheap. It's not like a cheapo. Um, they looked on eBay, and all they have, all they have on eBay, these like I think they're called like Go Video uh, ones or something. Yeah, let me see here. Go Video dual head, and like every listing when you look up dual head VCR is a Go Video VCR. And, you know, I, I, I looked it up on a forum because it looks kind of cheap. The logo looks kind of kind of crummy. So, uh, and obviously I want a dual-deck dual VHS because I want to record from one tape onto another, and you can really only do that with a good, high-quality dual-head VHS. But uh, these Go Video ones look like complete crap. So, you know, I'm, I'm just... I'm just, I, I, I just went... I, I went back to the thrift shop, and they had it there. It was an RCA, mint condition, dual-ed VHS, VCR. I'm so glad I went back, because, you know, if, if I'm not against buying stuff on eBay, obviously. It's better than buying stuff on Amazon, because Amazon sucks. I'd never even in a million years consider buying shit from Amazon. But with eBay, you know, it's just people selling stuff. And I, I can always put my cash on an ebay card i'm not above that you know i i can do that but if if possible i just prefer thrift stores because they have more out of the way type stuff and uh like i said the only options on ebay were go video what a what a crappy bunch of garbage um there's a tweet on a twitter from someone calling themselves Calling themselves a faux one, and I just found this, but I, gu I guess these, I guess faux one is like a, I guess he's kind of into, I, I, gu I guess he's kind of, or maybe it's Foon, I don't know, he's kind of, they're, they're kind of into VHS collection. Anyway, uh, they got like posts of like, TI-77 calculators and stuff. But, uh, he posts this, this Go Video player, and, I mean, I'm not even, like, a VHS pro or anything. I don't even know how a VCR works, if I'm gonna be honest. Like, if I open up a, v a VCR, and I look at all the little components inside, I don't know what's what. But even I can tell this Go Video thing is pretty pretty crap. And, you know, that's just coming from someone who views 
VHS, not as an outdated format, but just as the format that everyone with, like, a head on their shoulder should be using. It's literally just a box that you can record anything onto at any time and watch whenever you want to with no restrictions. It's just it's just the the format you should be using. Like you, you know, I'm I'm not I'm not anyone's boss here, but if you're not using VHS, like what the hell is wrong with you, you know? Cuz like there's it's just the best format out there. It's a self-contained box that plays anything any time, and, uh, you know, that's just the best format. But I'm, like I said, I'm not even a tech nut. I, you know, I, ju- I just look at a VCR like someone these days would look at a gaming PC, you know, as equipment to use for practical purposes, not as just like a toy, you know. I respect VCRs as the technological marvels that they are. But this uh, Boon guy says... Check this out. It's a Go Video DDV2110, but it's not just a simple VHS copier. Oh no. First of all, it can run the two VCRs separately, so you can watch a VHS tape while recording TV to another, but the commercial free copy is a neater feature. Obviously, I'm not I'm not trying to disparage the spoon guy. But uh, there's nothing special about that. That's a basic dual-head VCR. I, I don't know what, what Foon means by it's just it's not just a simple VHS copier. Like, what is just a simple VHS copier? Just like a dual-deck a dual deck VCR that you can't even play VHS is on? I don't think that thing exists. But... You know, being able to emit commercials is nothing special. Every rec- every high-end VCR that, you know, is designed to record onto does have an option where you can skip the commercials. I don't know how it works. It's some kind of advanced techno wizardry. But, uh, you know, the first VHSs I ever watched had the commercials still intact, and in that sense they serve as a kind of time capsule into that era. So I'm not saying you sh- you should skip the commercials, but you can if you want to. That's absolutely an option with VHS. In fact, that's why a lot of people preferred VHS, because you could just skip the commercials if you wanted to. And if you didn't want to, then fine. Like I said, VHS is the greatest format out there. It allows you complete freedom over what you get and what you don't want and what you do want. And, you know, it's just a great format overall. And, uh, you know, people use v- VHS to record onto. I don't, I don't think anyone ever used DVD to record onto. You just bought pre-made movies on DVD. That's not exciting. You know, it's exciting recording your own shit, saving your home movies onto VHS. If you want to keep your home movies and not have them Bitcoin hacked by some ransomware, then you better put them on VHS or they're going to be gone for good. And if you're worried about... Oh no, what if it gets caught in the player? Pretty easy. Get a screwdriver. It's that simple. Just get a screwdriver, you know, take take the tape and just take it out. It's that easy. I've never had that happen. But this new player slash recorder I got, it's dual deck from RCA. 
So you know it's good. It's not this crappy go video, you know, bargain bin junk. It's RCA. And uh, I absolutely trust RCA, obviously, because they literally have the VHS cable named after them, the nice little red, white, yellow cable. So, you know, if, if, if you're important enough a company to have your name literally branded on, on the cable that goes with this appliance, I'm going to trust it. I'm going to go with it. This VHS is absolutely magnificent. Much better than the one I already had, the one I've been using to tape a VHS Crazy. Or not tape VHS Crazy. I film VHS Crazy on a, a digital camera because I'm not a caveman or a boomer, contrary to popular belief. I use newer technology when it's practical, but I don't use newer technology when it's a gimmick, as is the case with DVD. Um... You know, I'm not going to shoot everything on a camcorder. There's no need for that. You know, although I would like to buy a camcorder, I guess. But, you know, a lot of parts and equipment. Maybe someday. I don't know. It just doesn't seem like something necessary. But uh, recording my stuff on a VHS absolutely is necessary. I need master copies of my movies on VHS. So that's where this brilliant little machine comes in. It looks spectacular. Um... Got two levels. You got a top level and a bottom level for for copying onto. And the menu is absolutely phenomenal. It's got so many settings. It's got like, uh, you know, record mode, whether you want to cut the commercials out or not, uh, the speed to record at. It's basically got a tiny little computer in there. It's absolutely state of the art. Uh, and one really charming thing about it is that the calendar is set to January 1st. Uh, the the clock is set to January 1st, 2000. And I just find something so charming about that. I don't know if that was like a factory preset or if, uh, you know, the, whoever used to own it programmed it to that for some reason. Um you know, it's, it's just really interesting, and I'm gonna I'm gonna keep that as the date. Obviously, I'm not gonna use my my VHS or v, VCR as a clock because I'm gonna be unplugging it and replugging it quite a lot. And every time you unplug it, obviously the clock, uh, you know, loses time. Uh, but I am gonna keep it on a January first, two thousand. So in like a year, it'll, it'll only be like two thousand one. I I just find that charming. You know, why update it to twenty twenty one? I feasibly could will allow me to, but, I, you know, I just don't think that's necessary. Anyway, uh, so, yeah, this this VCR is, like, seriously top-notch state-of-line equipment. The last time I tried recording something on the VHS, my computer didn't register the TV display. I, I have an RCA to HDMI adapter. Um, I got, I got Micro Center here in Denver, but, uh, I, I, maybe maybe it's defective or something. Maybe I should take it in and get it looked at because it didn't register the display. This could just be because my old v VCR is uh, not that great. It, it played tapes fine, but it, it was absolutely not designed to record them, even though it had a little record button. I think that wasn't really, like, you know, meant to be used. Um, so... No, I'm, I think maybe if this VCR is hooked up, it'll have some kind of chip in it or something that'll make the computer recognize it, because it's, it, I think it might be a little newer, 
not much newer, again, because the 90s are the sweet spot when it comes to VCRs. Any VCR put out these days is going to be, like, total shit. The same goes for tape decks. The 90s, they knew how to build these things. I have I have a Sony Walkman from the 90s. still runs like a charm. I can't even conceive of that thing breaking, because that's how good condition it's in. Um, but, you know, these days, any, like, new VCR or any new tape deck is going to be plastic trash, because it's built by people who have no idea what they're doing, and that's sad, you know. If you want to build a tape deck or a VCR and start up your own VCR company, you should, but you should at least go to the trouble of studying the uh, design of companies like Sony and RCA, because, you know, they knew what they were doing. Anyway, this new VCR player is absolutely a beaut, and I think before the year is out, I should be able to record stuff onto VHS the way it was meant to be. So you can watch Vice on VHS. I think a lot of people, uh, you know, have a negative reaction to you know, Vice because it's on YouTube. And obviously YouTube is designed for, you know, short content or, you know, if, if it's a long video, it'll be like a 50-part documentary series on Christian or some, like, waste of time crap like that. Uh, Vice is designed to be a movie that's just watched without any distractions. You just sit down with a nice bag of potato chips and you you just watch it in full. I think it can be enjoyed a lot more that way on a nice VHS, nice VCR, lights lights dimmed, you know. I think it'll it'll garner a more positive reception once it's released on VHS. Because I agree, it is a boring movie if you're just watching it on YouTube, but... Uh, VHS, it's a whole different experience because, you know, it's the kind of movie that would fit really well on VHS um, as like a mystery tape, you know, that you find without a label and then you slip it in and you're like, oh my gosh, I had no idea this could happen. I'm also going to be scouring my local thrift stores for some, you know, just uh, mystery tapes, some blank stuff. That's always interesting to find a blank tape check it out, and have a look-see, and, uh, you know, they're always interesting. Also, blank VHSs and blank cassettes. I got quite a few as it is. I, I have more blank compact cassettes than blank VHSs, but I have enough blank VHSs that I'll be able to test how well the machine copies. I have, like, around, like, six blank VHSs. Um, but, yeah... So that's pretty gosh darn exciting. And uh, I think I'm going to use the uh, middle setting as far as VHS length goes. Because all three of my movies are uh, over two hours. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to, uh, like, I'm probably going to use the mode not extended play. Because that's really low quality. And that's six hours. But uh, I'm going to use the mode that gives four hours, and that way I can fit in some fun little, like, uh, coming attractions, you know, some previews for the releases from Nicholas Films, and, of course, maybe a few, like, uh, videos, you know, some of some of the all-time greatest hits is, like, a short little matinee before the movie starts. So you got standard play, which is two hours. You got uh, standard play, 
That's that's two hours. And you got long play. And uh that's four hours, and then you got extended. And I'm just I'm just gonna go with uh I'm I'm gonna go with long play, actually, because I mean four hours, that's a good amount of time. Right in the middle. Not extended, because extended obviously will look like junk, but long play looks pretty good. Long play looks and sounds pretty good. I've seen videos that, you know, compare the three, and I, I'm definitely going to go with long play, because I think, you know, try, trying to, like, to fit Vice or, you know, the Orwellians or something, I think the Orwellians is like two hours and five minutes, just barely over the mark, but enough that you know, I wouldn't feel right, you know, recording it onto a standard play. They'd have to cut some stuff out, and, uh, you know, I, I, I think Vice should be released uncut, the way it was meant to be seen, if the quality's a little bad, so what? You know, grow up. Quit being a baby. Except that format you're watching something on has limitations. And deal with it. Whenever I watch a YouTube video, it starts buffering because my internet connection is slow. It's as much a limitation of the format I'm watching the thing on as a little VHS static. And every time that happens, every time my YouTube video takes like nine minutes to load, I think, man, I could be watching this on VHS right now, and I could just press a button, and it would instantly start up. And sure, maybe the quality wouldn't be as good. Maybe I couldn't watch it in 720p, but, you know, so what? I don't give a shit. If it's a good movie, it's a good movie. And uh, if it's fun to watch, it's fun to watch, you know. VHS is always fun to watch, even if it's like Barney or something. There's so many, there's so many, so much fun stuff on VHS. If you don't collect VHS, you're seriously missing out. There's some stuff on VHS you would not believe. I mean, that's how we get fun stuff like you know, Slap Happy. Yeah. You don't want to Slap Happy is look it up. It's pretty, it's pretty neat. Uh, that's the kind of stuff you don't see on Netflix, all right. Anywho, uh, so yeah, I got I got a new VHS. It's real, it's real spiffy. It's a top of the line, high quality uh, deal, and uh, it's RCA. So I'm looking forward to that. If if it rains, I'm not going to put the uh, pocketbooks out in the little free libraries today because they'll get soaked. I'll probably just stay in and, and check out my new. Brand new top of the line VCR because that should be really interesting. Uh, so yeah, it's commercial for it and upload it to YouTube once I'm uh, once everything's out. It's gonna uh, the 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 first releases I'm gonna make are definitely gonna be uh, more in medicine. Obviously, I'm going to record that on a VHS. I'm going to record Vice on a VHS, The Orwellians on a VHS, and uh, Breakthrough on a VHS. And, uh, you know, if, if the demand is high enough, I might might eventually put VHS Crazy on VHS, although obviously each episode is pretty long, so that would take a lot of tapes. And I just feel like maybe I should just release my movies on tape along with a few of my, uh, you know, best videos, like, you know, the early stuff, the, the stuff everyone enjoys, obviously. 
part of the obsession over graphics in movies comes from the gamer crowd, you know, the type type in the 90s grew up with the uh, Sega Genesis and the PS and the, uh, you know, the PS1 and the uh, Game Boy and all this. And so, you know, they grew up on that. And I didn't grow up on that because I was born in 2002 and I, I didn't even play video games when I was younger. But, uh, obviously, I'm thinking a lot of these fellas who hate on VHS and talk about how great the graphics of DVD and Blu-ray are, Obviously, these uh, jaded 90s Gen X type uh, fellas who, you know, just for one reason or another, can't accept that movies and video games are different. And, you know, I mean, I get the argument about video games. Video games uh, used to look like shit, and they still do look like shit. Don't get me wrong. Cyberpunk 2077 is just a glitchy mess like a soup of crap. Uh, but, you know, back in the day, like on the Atari or something, all you had was a few pixels. You just had a little Pong, you just had a little Qbert, and then all of a sudden, you know, ramping up in scale with each generation of a new video game console, you can add a, a little bit more and a little bit more. Suddenly you can, you know, create textures and polygons and all this garbage, all this hot, overhyped garbage. And, uh, you know, it's it's just not worth it. But also, I, th I think a lot of gamers from the 90s are applying this kind of mindset onto movies. And that's, that's just stupid, because movies have never been about graphics, because they've always looked good. You know, because you're looking at a real person uh, in real life. You're not looking at a computer rendering. So, I mean, unlike unlike, you know, video games where... It looks like shit because it's not real. Movies have always good. They're real people doing real shit. Um, you know that that's just how movies work uh, on a fundamental level. So I think applying the logic of video games, to, you know, movies is it's just really stupid. I mean, especially since there's a movie that's shot on film, like actual film. It's transferred onto VHS. It's not going to look bad because it, it was originally on film, you know. And film looks great. Film looks like perfect. It looks better than digital footage. It looks better than you know stuff on a camcorder or shot on a camcorder. Film looks good. If there's a movie like The Sting or Taxi Driver or you know a Dario Argento movie that's shot on 16 millimeter. It's not going to look bad on VHS because it was originally shot on film, and film looks incredible. Like I don't, I don't, I don't know anyone who looks at 16 millimeter film and goes, "Oh yes, this looks bad." It just doesn't because it's literally just photos of people, you know. So it's going to look good. You you can't mess up film. It, 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 you can't do that, and you certainly don't need. 720 pixels or 120 pixels. Also, I should just mention here how I think I've I've talked about this before, but it is absurd to talk about VHS in terms of pixels. It's not a digital format. I don't know what kind of moron thinks that like you you can measure VHS tapes in pixels. That would be like measuring vinyl records in bytes. 
It just it doesn't make any sense. You're applying you're applying the logic of like a, a Netflix show to a format that does not run on the same technology. It 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 just it's just stupid. You're talking about VHS resolution? That's an oxymoron, because VHSs aren't... They aren't in pixels like YouTube videos, so you can't have a resolution. They're not made up out of little boxes. They're made up of a magnetic signal. So, that just doesn't make any sense. I think a lot of this stuff about resolution and whatnot, like I said, is from the gamers. Here's a pro tip, gamers. Your game doesn't gotta look all you know, majestic and perfect. It doesn't got to be Detroit Become Human. You don't got to invest millions of dollars into making your video game character look like a real person. If you want real people, then make a movie. If you want stupid fun and to kill some time and waste some time and play a stupid game, then just play Cubert. He's just Cubert. He just hops around on cubes. That's all video games ever have been. That's all they ever will be. They're never going to be able to perfectly simulate reality, no matter what Elon Musk is telling you. Just, just you know, deal with it. Video games are, are limited. They have their limitations. Then again, so do VHS tapes. So does everything. Everything has its limitations. Even human perception has its limitations. If you're colorblind or something... Whammo, you've got as many limitations, roughly, as a VHS tape. Deal with it. Live your life. You know? I don't know who these morons are who keep whining about resolution, but it's really just not that big a deal. Like, sure, if all you're watching is Netflix trash, you need to make, you need to blow that shit up. Or, you know, because the script is really bad. So what a lot of Netflix shows do... Uh, you know, is they'll have really, really uh, flashy graphics to distract you from the fact that what you're watching is complete shit. You know, that that doesn't that you know that that doesn't uh, that doesn't work on me. So anyway, uh, that's pretty exciting. Looking forward to that. It is uh, currently 3.37, so we're about a fourth of the way through here. I don't think I'm going to be giving away a free comic this week, because nobody's hopping on. Uh, again, I'm not going to talk about Chris Chan this week, so not that interesting. Um, if you want my take, watch the 10-minute video, or watch someone else's video, or I don't care. I don't get invested in low-cal culture, because... It's just not productive. It's not a productive use of my time. Now, just to point at some crazy person and go, oh, shit, they're crazy. Like, yeah, okay, they're crazy. I get it. Move on, you know. But, uh, you know, at least I, I made a 10-minute video about it, so watch that if you're interested. Anywho. Uh, one really interesting piece of news is this new Front Range Corridor train. I am really looking forward to that. If if I uh, you know if I sell enough comics once this Front Range Corridor train is built, I'm gonna go on it and I'm probably gonna go all the way down to Pueblo and check Pueblo out. Maybe you know film some stuff in Pueblo. Or if I'm feeling extra spicy, I might 
you know, go all the way to the Great Sand Dunes, because, I mean, those are just the best place to visit, like, ever. Uh, and also a really fun spot to film stuff. And I've been to the Sand Dunes, like, three times at this point, but uh, not a time I, I filmed much. So I'm thinking I'm probably going to just go down there on my own sometime on the Front Range Corridor train. From what I understand, it's going to have two parts. Uh, the main section is going to run three, ti- three times a day and go between Fort Collins and uh, Pueblo. There will also be a, su- a southern and northern por- portion that goes one time a day uh, up to Cheyenne and down to Taos. And that's really exciting. Being able to get to Taos in like under a day... That's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that, because, I mean, Taos is awesome. Who doesn't like Taos, right? Uh, I, I, I'm looking forward mainly to this, This, you know, just... Uh, the, the sand dunes are south of Pueblo. I think they're, uh, they're the Walsenburg exit. So I'd have to get off on... I'd have to get off the train on the Walsenburg exit then uh, walk all the way to the sand dunes. But, you know, provided I had enough food and water, shouldn't be a problem. I think there's a gas station around there, at, uh, like Fort Lupton, I think. Um, so that's really exciting. You know, just when you think Governor Polis can't put in any more in, any, any better policies and President Biden, you know, is already signing into action this nice Amtrak bill that'll you know, make Am- make Amtrak a serious industry again. Uh, they do. That- that's awesome. I'm so sick of hearing about DIA and all this airplane culture and shit. Ah, gosh, the phone is ringing. I'm not going to answer it. I'm not going to bother with it. But, uh... I'm sick of hearing about all this airplane culture and stuff, because it just gets... It gets so boring. I'm I'm sick of hearing about all these people from out of state who, you know, uh, gosh, the phone. I'm not going to answer it. I'm sick of hearing about all these people from out of state who, you know, freaking, they, uh, they, they talk about how great DIA is, and I have, I've never been to DIA in my life because you got to pay a toll to get up there. Uh, you know, I, I'm I'm not interested in uh, visiting DIA at all. It's a piece of shit. It's not something to be proud of. I, I would never look at DIA and be like, "Oh yeah, th- this is the cool, this is the coolest thing ever." You know, I'm not gonna look at DIA and go, "Oh yeah, this is a landmark of Denver." You know what is a landmark of Denver? Union Flippin' Station. That shit is way older than DIA. That shit is Denver heritage. And I am proud to live in the same city as Union Station. They got the cool sign up front, the the flippin' Union Station travel by train, and they got the flippin', uh, you know, the clock. And it's such a cool building. So to see Union Station be put in action and be as respected as DIA is so flippin' exciting. I'm really looking forward to that, to actually being able to travel by train instead of just looking at the sign. You know, because the only trips that are offered are, like, to New York and L.A., and they cost, like, $500. 
Well, let me see how much a trip to to from Denver to New York by train would cost. And of course, there's also the hotels. But the really great thing about going to the sand dunes, of course, is that if you can stay awake, it's open 24/7, so you don't even need a hotel. You just walk from Walsenburg to the uh, sand dunes, and then you walk back to the train, and it's ready to go. You can just take a nap on the train or whatever. Brilliant, brilliant stuff. Denver to New York train on Amtrak. There we go. Union Station needs to be more respected, you know. Denver to New York by train. They got a... Yeah, it's starting from around $190. I mean, who's going to go on a train trip that expensive? Especially when there's so much cool stuff right here in Colorado that would cost way less, like $30 a trip. You got the sand dunes. You got Pikes Peak. You got the Poudre Canyon. When are we going to start... Now, offering train trips to these places that are right up and down the Front Range Corridor. Absolutely a brilliant idea. Absolutely something that Governor Polis is flippin' brilliant uh, to put his name onto. So flippin' smart. I cannot even begin to imagine you know, the amount of fortitude it takes to sign something that's actually useful and practical into law like this. But, I mean, gosh darn... Jared, you're doing a great job. And as someone who doesn't own a car and never plans on owning a car, I'm really looking forward to being able to go places all around the state. Well, not all around the state. Obviously, there's no I-70 corridor planned yet. But uh, I'm looking forward to being able to go from, like, Fort Collins to, like, Colorado Springs in, like, a day. That's amazing. I you know I just think it's a waste to see Union Station not getting not getting uh, you know flipping used because it's a darn good station it's a useful it's a useful traffic hub and here it's being wasted because Amtrak does not have enough lines in operation just a waste a waste of resources and it it really does contribute to to carbon pollution. I've seen I-25, and it's just a waste. You know, why why not just build a train next to it that everyone can ride, that's public transportation for everyone? And, you know, people who want to drive on I-25, fine. But if you want a scenic, if you want a scenic trip and you want to be able to view the Rockies up close and, you know, have the route go into them a little and, and cruise on by Colorado Springs... And people have the right to do that, too. You shouldn't be forced to drive everywhere. That's not healthy. If someone wants to drive somewhere, that's fine. Good for them. Free country. If you don't own a car and you want to take a trip on a train, then that's your right, too. Take some trains, for gosh sakes. You know, this uh, this, this new deal is looking pretty pretty awesome. And... From what I understand, uh, you, you, can, you can go to Fort Collins or Boulder, or uh, you know you can you can check out the uh, 
Lafayette region, or so many more possibilities are opened up, and it'll be pretty cheap too. It'll be like twenty dollars a trip, because I mean, you know, if here to New York is like one ninety, which isn't that unreasonable, but still really high, and uh, you know, it should be like twenty, a little more than a regional bus. So that should be pretty gosh dang uh, awesome. I'm really looking forward to this thing. Uh, I should I should film some stuff on the sand dunes. Obviously, they're one of the coolest places in Colorado, one of the coolest places in the country. A very underrated national park. They don't get as as much press as you know Yosemite or, or Yellowstone or anything. I think that's a real shame because I mean, what's more fun than just like 50 giant piles of sand that you can climb up at any time, and you know just have a, a bunch of fun on the world's biggest sandbox I, mean, I guess not the biggest there's the sahara desert but great sand dunes are like the the biggest sand dunes in north america so you'd think they'd get a little more press i, th- I think they deserve some more some more attention so i might film something there maybe like a short film or something that'd be fun once this uh, train opens up Uh, oddly enough, neither of the Dune movies, either the original or the, or the, uh, you know, the, the new remake, neither of them actually have, like, neither of them were filmed on the sand dunes, and I just find that so weird, you know, because, like, they're the biggest sand dunes in North America, I don't think Europe has, like, bigger sand dunes or anything, so... Now, being an being a pretty like American-based franchise, and I I don't know where the uh, Dune movies were filmed. They should have been filmed on the sand dunes here in Colorado. That would have been awesome. I would watch. I I, I like Dune as it is as a franchise. I like the original, and I probably won't like this remake because it's got Timothy Chalamet. But you know, who knows? I might if it's a faithful adaptation of the book. You know, I, I'd really have no problem with the, uh, you know. I really have no problem with it, but uh, all these all these people in the remake, I have no idea who they are. I, I know Timothy Chalamet is; he's the young beefcake with the with the tapered chin. And you got Oscar Isaac, Stellan Skarsgård, Dave Bautista, Zendaya, Sharon Duncan Brewster. Who are all these people? Where's Patrick Stewart? Uh, I like the original because it's got Patrick Stewart, and it's before he plays Captain Picard, so that's that's pretty hype. But you know, so lo- so long as this new Dune is is a, f- a faithful adaptation of Frank Herbert's vision, which it looks like it very well could be. I can't say I'm gonna like blast it or anything. I I won't I won't know who anyone in it is, but you know, okay, fine. There you go. Wow. Looks looks pretty awesome. Yeah, I might go see this once the uh, theaters are back open. Or are theaters back open? I don't even know. I haven't been to a movie in a year. Once once I go to my first movie post COVID I'll be sure to I'll be sure to, you know, really, really enjoy it like when I first enjoyed it going into a store after the pandemic. But uh that looks fun. It's going to premiere September 3rd, 2021, 
and release October 22nd, 2021. So yeah, I'm probably going to go see Dune. I mean, why not, you know? It's it's good source material. Like even if I don't even though I don't like this Timothy Chalamet guy, I think he's the the dumbest like, you know, just a, just a just not a good actor. I'm not I'm you know, I'm not going to hate the uh, you know, it's Dune, you know. Dune's good. I I like Dune. It's it's a good sci-fi story, so yeah, I can't say I'm gonna I'm gonna not like it. Um, it's it's probably fine, you know. Paul Atreides. Dune is fun. Dune is pretty fun. Uh, but uh, I like the original because. It's got it's got Patrick Stewart and uh, Sting, and you know it's just just a really just a really fun like deal. Man, anywho, so yeah, I I don't know where the original Dune was filmed. Let me see your production. Where's the original Dune? It should have been filmed on the Great Sand Dunes because they're like the biggest dunes in, they're the biggest dunes in, uh, you know, America. I get the national park and preserve, but like, where else would you shoot Dune? Like, so long as you don't litter or anything, I'm I'm sure there'd be nothing wrong with having a film set, you know, having a crew there. If I if I make a movie, it's going to be very bare bones. I'll probably just get like, you know, some bake like snakes or something and they can be the worms or something. You know, just a fun little little like Dune type movie. Obviously not set in the Dune verse, but just with like Dune theme, you know, cuz I mean, it's just cool. Sand dunes are cool. They're cool geological formation. And why the heck wouldn't you at least bring a camera up there and, you know, film something? I feel I feel like kicking myself in the foot cuz last time I was up there, I didn't film anything. It's like it's a flipping giant hill of sand. Why wouldn't you take a video? You know, I took some pictures, but I didn't take a video. What we got? We got uh, some some. There's some comics. There's some games based off the Dune movie. There's some toys. Uh, there's there's some action figures with. Um, oh, you could get a posable sandworm action figure. That sounds fun. I like those worms. I also like the twist where it turns out the spike that everyone, uh, you know, the spice that everyone is after and everyone is like, this is the best spice. Mm, yeah, this is spicy. You know, it turns out that it's actually like uh, worm excretion. That's It's just a fun twist. I mean, it's, you know, so long as it's not poisonous or anything, nothing wrong with it. But, uh... See the action figure. That looks pretty neat. I mean, you know, why why would you make a a a, a, a Dune action figure line without without a nice sandworm? Oh, that looks awesome. Oh, that's a weird looking that's a weird looking sandworm there. That looks cool. It says large posable monster from beneath the desert surface. That looks good. Well, that looks pretty good. Uh, anyhow, 
You can get a whole nightmare fuel, and it's got the mouth and everything. Wow, that that's quite the mouth there. You can, like, open up the mouth and stare into this thing's gaping maw. It doesn't look like it's hollow inside. It looks like it's, like, the throat is, like, just plastic, but... Um, Man, that's that's some like serious nightmare fuel stuff there, but uh, that's pretty cool nonetheless. And to think you could pose it, it's not really that long though. You'd think a sandworm would be like longer, because I mean it's a flipping sandworm. Maybe they're not that long in the movie. I don't remember. I don't even remember if one is shown entirely at the at like the same time, but uh. I don't even know if one is shown, like, at the same, like, as a whole, you know, because they're so giant. Man, I like sandworms. They're they're a cool concept. So, so long as this new Dune movie has, like, you know, sandworms, I'm not going to mind. Even if they're, like, CGI, uh, I I don't care. Sandworms are cool. Whatever if they're CGI. They really shouldn't be, because... How do they do the sand? How do they do the sandworms in Dune? Gosh, it doesn't. E- it doesn't even say how. Like on the Wikipedia page, how how the, how the special effects were done. However, the special effects were done in the original Dune. They're flipping awesome. The sandworms look so so awesome. Anyway. Uh yeah, so But if I if I go to the great great sand dunes and film something, I'll probably be like, you know, not, nothing fancy, but you you got to use trick editing to make it look like it's an alien planet because obviously, you know, there's all these mountains around the sand dunes and they're obviously on earth, so that kind of ruins the uh, illusion. So to get the effect of, like, an alien planet or something. You have to use certain angles and, you know, certain perspectives that give the illusion that the sand dunes are, are, you know, on another planet. So, you know, I gotta say, I'm I'm looking... I'm I'm looking forward to this new front-range corridor thing, because it'll be so fun to just be able to get to the sand dunes in, like, a day or less. That's it's flipping amazing. Because the sand dunes are flipping where it's at, you know. They're flipping awesome. Provided you're you're well hydrated and you got some sunscreen, fun, fun place to be is the world's biggest, just the world's biggest sandbox. And as someone who doesn't live near an ocean and really doesn't give a shit about an ocean, the only reason I'd ever visit a beach is just for the sand. You know, I make sandcastles and stuff. Really like the sand dunes because they just are flipping. Nothing but sand. They're just a giant deposit of this cool, grainy material and nothing else. There's no flipping starfish, no barnacles, no ocean. And besides that, they're like a mile wide. And the beach is like, what, 25 feet from, like, the the, the highway to the coast, you know? That's, that's That's not enough sand to do something with. I'm talking the flipping sand dunes. They're where it's at than a beach because who needs water you know i'm not flipping aquaman i'm i'm a terrestrial creature and I, all i need is flipping sand uh, up in this is as anywho 
So yeah, the sand dunes are flipping awesome. Look forward to getting to them. Who's this Josh Brolin guy? I've heard that name. Who's the Josh Brolin guy? I didn't even know this. I didn't even know any of these people. Who's Stephen McKinley Henderson? Who is this? I didn't even, I didn't even get it. Who are, they, who are all these people? Oh. It says Stephen McKinley's Henderson's first role is in 1979, then in 1985. Then he doesn't show up until 2004 for some reason. It says he's in Law and Order, which I don't watch. I have no idea who this guy is. Where's Flippin' Sting? New Dune movie isn't going to have Sting. That's going to be a disappointment. Uh, Josh Brolin's in the, Go- the Goonies. Oh, he was in Hollow Man. Man, I remember Hollow Man. It was shit. It was it was so so bad. And then and then he's a uh, Ultra. Uh, no, not Ultron. Thanos. I get all these stupid characters mixed up. He was in Hollow Man. I remember Hollow Man. What what a hilarious joke. Oh my god, there was a Hollow Man 2? That looks hilarious. That that looks flippin' funny. Hollow Man, in case you've never seen it, I think I have it on VHS. One of the funniest flippin'... It, it's so funny. It's so freaking funny. And it's... Uh, Paul, Paul Verhoeven, same guy who did Starship Troopers, which I also think is seriously, like, overrated... Um, Starship Troopers is stupid, but Hollow Man is like even worse. It is, it is flipping so. It's so funny. It's it's so funny because it's just the Invisible Man, except it's Kevin Bacon, and like Kevin Bacon. And he's the Invisible Man. That's the only difference, except it's it's based off off the. Uh, it's, it's like ba- it, it's set in the modern day, but it's based on the Invisible Man, you know, with Claude Rains, which is like really good. Uh, Hollow Man is it has Kevin Bacon and Scott, Josh Brolin and uh, Joey Slotnick. Yeah, it's, it's really funny. I didn't even know there was a Hollow Man too. That's that's pretty wild. I didn't think. I thought like after the horrible reception Hollow Man got, it wouldn't dare to make a sequel. But then again, there's there is a Starship Troopers two and three, and I think one of them has to Paul. So, you know, they really will stoop to anything. This Paul Verhoeven. Uh, hey, Nicholas. Oh, we got one on. You got, um, you got any questions? Yeah, I do actually. I'm at a, I'm at a family gathering right now, but I knew I I couldn't. You know, I couldn't miss the Q and A, man. Like, come on. But I I got one question, and I was really excited to ask you this, but I was worried I'd miss it. Um, can you swim? Yeah, yeah, I can. Oh, okay. Uh, are you good at it? Like, swim team anything or? 
Or is uh, it just like team, but a basic uh, level of aquatic feels? I'm relatively certain that, like, if uh, I was on a sinking ship or something, I'd be able to float for a decent amount of time. Uh, especially since if you're in the middle of an ocean, you know, the more water there is under you, the more buoyant you are. It's it's kind of impossible to sink to the to the bottom of an ocean because... Yeah, unless you're weighted yeah. down or something. Yeah, I suppose. But, but you even need to lose all the point, oxygen in your body, too. Even if you're weighted down, there's a point where you just stop. Uh, nobody gets yeah. to the bottom unless they've got you know, submersible. But, uh, yeah, but yeah, you the, swim. Is, is that, yeah, the funny is that, thing is, yeah, the funny thing is, there's this thing, they, they discovered it on a, I believe it was a distant planet. It's, it's all theoretical, though. It's called Ice 7, I believe. But the whole thing with it, it's super weird. Like, so you know how ice is mainly made by the just cold temperatures bringing the water closer together where it condenses? Right, right, yeah. So Ice 7 is like ice, but instead, apparently they, I don't even know how they did this, but NASA did like tests on it, and the oceans are like 200 miles deep. So what apparently Ice 7 is down there, and it is basically ice, but just because of the sheer immense pressure that the water is facing down there, it's like basically ice, but it's not cold. It's basically warm ice. And instead of being solidified by uh, temperature, it's solidified by pressure. Very interesting. Yeah, that makes sense. Anyway, yeah, yeah I, I, I can swim. Uh, Sweet. I was just like, wondering. Uh, for long distances or anything, obviously, because there's not that many places you can swim in Denver. But, right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's not. Yeah, there's easy. pools nearby, but not no rivers or lakes or anything. Or lakes, but I don't think uh, I don't think you can swim you, in them. Yeah, you know, there, there are those lakes where it's like no. Yeah. I don't like those. You can go out in boats. You can go out in boats on, but that. Cost. There is a lake nearby that there's an actual reason where you're not allowed to swim in it. Um, the issue is that. It's very shallow for, like, a good 50 feet. Like, you can straight, it looks like you can just walk to the center of the lake, but you sometimes people just step off, like, after this just very, very large drop-off. And it's very unexpected, too. So the issue with that is not only are you caught by surprise when you suddenly start sinking, it's, it's caused a lot of drowning deaths to people, and they've made it so essentially... Well, that makes sense. Yeah, the, the city is basically... You can't swim anymore. You can take on boats, you can do all sorts of stuff, but you can't, cannot swim anymore in that because just yeah, mate. the issues sense. with it. That, 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 that's, a, that's a safe policy, I'd say. Was, was that your only uh, question? That was the only question I can think of right now. i got to get back to my family uh, gathering. We're having, right, uh, I believe, steak there. and mushrooms. Thank you. Nice talking all to right. you. Hold on. Yeah, excellent. an interesting question. You know, uh, A7. I thought that was something from a Cat's Cradle. It's, no, in Cat's Cradle, it's Ice 9. I wonder what will happen when they uh, discover a ninth type ice. And, uh, yeah, dang, they already have. You got ice you got ice X, isn't that a Roman numeral for ten? Yeah, you got ice four. Uh, it, Wikipedia says ice may be any one of the nineteen known solid crystalline phases of water, or in an amorphous solid state at various densities. 
so that's pretty interesting. Um, man. So there is actually a real Ice Nine, but it's not. It's it's not. Um. What's Ice Not Ice? Yeah, Ice Ice V One was discovered in 1912. So it's it's a pretty it's it's a pretty old type of ice. No ice ice ice. No ice IX right. I don't I don't know Roman numerals. Oh yeah, there we go. Ice IX. So that is a real thing. A form of solid water stable at temperatures below 140 Kelvin and pressures between 200 and 400 MPa. It has a tetragonal crystal lattice and it is formed by cooling ice 3 rapidly. So that's pretty crazy. Dang. So there is a real ice 9, but it's different from the one in Cat's Cradle. I wonder if Ice Nine was known about when he wrote Cat's Cradle. I knew that sounded familiar. Anyway, uh, it's really interesting about uh, yeah, this new Dune movie looks pretty good. In fact, I think once it comes out on October twenty second, I'm probably gonna go see it. I'm probably gonna head down to the movie theater and, and check it out. You know, because it's it's Dune. I, I like Dune. Even if the sandworms are a CGI, you know, why would you can do it? It's Dune. Who doesn't like Dune? Who doesn't like a good Dune adventure, a good desert-type escapade? Gosh dang. Uh, I, I would go for it. Melange. That's the spice. <laughs> it's, re- it's revealed that it's... Uh, it's revealed that melange is like worm shit, right? Isn't isn't that the joke? I th- I thought that I thought that was in the book, isn't it? Melange is able to prolong life. Blah blah blah, so on and so forth. Uh, psychotropic. Melange worm shit. I thought that was. I thought that was the big twist. Right, physiological side effects. Smells like cinnamon, obviously. Uh, it says that. Uh, yeah, it is, isn't the joke that it's worm dumps? Ah, dang. Maybe. Uh, huh. No. I I thought it was, uh... I, I thought it was worm feces, but... It's not. It's this, uh... The, the pre-spice mass is the stage of fungusoid wild growth achieved when water is flooded into the excretions of little makers. Yeah, so it is worm shit. That's that's pretty great. 
that's a, that's a fun that's a fun concept. Anyway, so yeah, I'm probably gonna go see Dune. I might I might uh, put together a, a review on it because yeah, it's just pr- it's pretty cool. Uh, I like Dune. Finally, you know, there's actual like good sci-fi adaptations being made, and not just all this flipping, you know, just garbage like flipping. Oh hey, it's a uh, it's flipping Ready Player One. I'm so sick of Ready Player One. Finally, you know, flipping Dune. I like Dune. I'll probably go see the Dune movie. Even I don't like Timothy Chalamet. I mean, heck, you know, the main characters, is, is Paul Atreides, is a, is a young beefcake. So, yeah, I mean, I can't say, I, you know, I can't say he's, he's cast wrong or anything. I just don't think he's a very good actor. But then again, I, I don't know any of these new celebrities. I, I just saw his uh, little horse sketch on SNL, and it was pretty cringe. It was pretty gosh darn cringe. Anywho... And there, there's so many gosh dang, there's so many gosh dang Dune books. Yeah, Sandworms of Dune, and Prelude to Dune, and some of these are by Brian Herbert, who's I guess Frank Herbert's son, right? Yeah, yeah, Frank Herbert's son. So it's it's nice to know that there's still Dune books being made, you know, because. Dune is good. Dune's a good good stuff. And I really like the original movie. Some people are like, "No, I I wish J- Jordanovsky's Dune had been made." Like, screw that. This is David Lynch. Don't you like flipping David Lynch? He's awesome, you know. He's flipping David Lynch, you know. I'm not gonna be like, "Oh yes, it should be Jodorowsky's Dune." Jodorowsky's Dunes. Screw that. It's David Lynch, you know? Doesn't gotta be flipping Jodorowsky. Who cares, right? Dune 1984, as it is, perfectly awesome movie. It's flipping cool. Like, if you don't like it, then, you know, I, I don't know what to say, but it's pretty good. Anyway. Um, and you got the the you got the 2000 Dune Dune mini series, which looks pretty pretty lame in comparison to the David Lynch version. David Lynch version is just so good, you know. And Dave, David Lynch is the good stuff. But yeah, if I if I ever uh, use the the public train system to my advantage, this new nice front range corridor train system they got set up. I'm, uh, I'm definitely going to check out the sand dunes, because they're, they're just so cool, you know. And I've been there, like, two times already, but I didn't take any, uh, you know, cool videos or something. It's, it's, it's a location that really lends itself to being filmed. Anywho... Uh, so, yeah... Not gonna talk about Christian. Not gonna talk about Christian. What else is on the uh, general uh, discussion board here? Well, I suppose I could mention that uh, Rubbish Randy Two is not going to be put out for a while. Uh, 
I, I know I've said this quite a bit. I've kind of hyped up Rubbish Randy, too. But I want to forestall it, you know. Until Rubbish Randy 1 sells at least a few copies. Uh, you know, because it, it, it deserves a couple copies. And, uh, you know, overall, just like... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm, g- I'm gonna wait to release Rubbish Randy too, or even like start working on it for a while. However, I do have something uh, planned where uh, the basic idea is that uh, essentially it's gonna be an adaptation of my memes about uh, Shano the Dead's, except I'm gonna call him like. Uh, uh, I don't know, Shane of the Shane of the Deads or something. You know the memes I've posted, and I'm gonna draw Sean or Shane of the Dead, and uh, you know it's gonna be a funny parody of uh, Sean of the Dead. That should be fun. I'm, I might put that out around Halloween. No guarantees, but I might I might get up enough uh, motivation to to release that around Halloween. That could be fun. You know, because I just feel like making fun of Shaun of the Dead could be like... It's it's such a bad movie. It's it's so awful. And I feel like I could really do it justice by releasing a Halloween special about these British zombie hunters who are completely inept and like, you know, they're not as good. And that could be pretty funny. Uh, you know, just because I feel like George A. Romero, you need to do justice for him. And uh, no better way I can think of than shitting all over Shaun of the Dead, making a complete laughing stock of it. Because, you know, George A. Romero did, did, Linda, you know, he did say on the Shaun of the Dead poster, oh, this is a funny movie, but he had no idea it would grow to become the bloated overrated piece of shit that everyone hypes up and says, man, this is the good shit. Oh, boy. Oh, man, it's Shaun of the Dead. Uh, Screw Shaun of the Dead. This new Dune looks... This new Dune looks pretty good. Probably gonna go see it. Man. It looks good. And also says that it's gonna it's gonna make the Baron a more complex antagonist. I don't know how I feel about that. I mean I think I think the Baron works as a, a cartoonish villain who's just evil and bad, but yeah, truth be told, I, I wouldn't mind a more complex take on the Baron, because when you really think about it, I mean going around and sucking everyone's nipple juice and everything, you know, I mean, it'd be interesting to see, you know, how, how he justifies that stuff and, you know, how he how he gets to be so uh, wrong and everything. So I, I, I'd probably, I'll, I'll probably go for that. Dune's a fun franchise, and, uh, I, I want to see. I want to see where it goes. Even if the new one doesn't have Patrick Stewart or Sting or anything, David Lynch version is so good. 
So long as there's some sandworms, I'll I'll go for it. Sandworms are flipping. The sandworms are flipping awesome, you know. Who does who doesn't like the flipping sandworms? Such a fun concept. And uh, Dune is so much better than frickin' uh, Ready Player One or what? What's some other space between us? The Martian. A load of shit. I'm sick of watching movies about frickin', you know, just oh, what if, what if it, what if it's Mars or what, what if it's Earth? Pe- I'm ready for a nice space opera, a nice, a nice something set on another flipping planet with sandworms and shit. I'm, I'm done with this like realism and science fiction. Currently, I've spoken about this, but if all your movie is about is just colonizing Mars or something. That's not exciting, because there ain't no sandworms on flipping Mars. Mars is like a desert that's not cool. I don't even think there's sand dunes on Mars. I think it's all like just red iron crumbles. It's like a big cookie cake. Um, Sand dunes are flipping awesome. I remember reading in a Ripley's Believe It or Not something about these uh, walking half-moons in South America... And they're like these sand dunes that are shaped like half moons, but uh, every like every couple years or every like like over the course of a year, they move a certain distance, and they they start at a point and kind of build up, and then they peter out at the end of the range of sand dunes. And I don't know if these sand dunes still exist, but this was back in like the twenties and thirties, but Ripley reports that the sand dunes move at such a frequent pace that you can literally, like, set your watch by them, and uh, the natives of the area set their calendars by them. Like, you you can actually tell time by when a sand dune stops and, and starts. And uh, that's just a very cool idea. I don't think the Colorado sand dunes uh, do that. I think they're just kind of big hills of sand, but... It's fun to think about, nonetheless. I do know that uh, the Colorado sand dunes do shift around quite a bit, but, uh, you know, never enough to, like, make a difference. And I think that's what's so cool about the sand dunes. It's open 24-7. Anyone can just go on the sand dunes and have a blast. And that is so awesome. It's such an awesome place to visit. If you've never visited the sand dunes, you've never been to Colorado, first off, absolutely check the sand dunes out. They are a flipping fun spot. Um, You will just be blown away by the incredible views. You should definitely climb to the top of High Dune, because, I mean, it's just just something else, the view from up there. Uh, It absolutely does not look like, like Colorado, or even Earth for that matter. It looks like... It looks like just a... It looks like just an incredible, like, incredible vistas. And uh, I've been to the top of High Dune, and it's flipping cool. And uh, the other one, of course, is Star Dune. I haven't been to that one, but hopefully, once this train gets built, I'll uh, che- I'll, I'll I'll be sure and check uh, Star Dune out because I think I think Star Dune is actually the highest one. You know, that doesn't make any sense, because, like I said, I've been to the top of High Dune, and it's it it doesn't seem like there's a taller dune than High Dune, but maybe Star Dune is, Star Dune is taller. No, no. 
the dune field is 30 square miles, and there are no designated trails in the sand. That's what's really cool. No trails, no landmarks, just a giant mess of sand. Uh, you got... There are five dunes over 700 feet tall. I'm reading this from nps.gov. Plan your visit. And it's just such it's just such a cool spot. I don't know why more movies aren't filmed here, especially Dune. is literally a franchise all about flipping dunes. I mean, why wouldn't you put your movie about sand dunes, uh, you know, film it on the great sand dunes that's why they're called the great sand dunes because they're flipping awesome anyway i mean i you know i guess i guess dune is supposed to be more like the sahara like the middle eastern deserts but there really aren't that many dunes in the sahara i mean when it comes to dunes just rolling crescents just a giant range of hills there, there ain't no better spot than the flipping great sand dunes There are five dunes over 700 feet tall. The high dune on the first ridge is not the highest in elevation or the tallest in the park, but looks that way from the parking lot. I don't know how that works. I mean, I get that it's like a range, but it, it does look the highest from the top, too. Um, it says it provides a great view of the entire dune field. I mean, if it provides a great view of the entire dune field where you can see everything, doesn't that mean it's the tallest? Because if it wasn't the tallest, then you'd see a dune that's taller. I think that's how it works. Anyway. Average round-trip hiking time for high dune is 2 hours and 2.5 miles. Uh... I don't buy that. You're getting so much fun on the sand dunes. You don't even notice the time. It just flies by. So don't so don't think about this like, oh, two hours and two miles. Uh, absolutely not. You'll just be like, man, this is so awesome. Uh, plan to take as much as four hours to hike round trip if not acclimated to the high altitude and lower oxygen level. Low oxygen? I'm not buying that. Like, yeah, maybe you'll get dehydrated if you don't drink up beforehand, but high altitude? Like, by this thing's own admission, it's only like 700 feet tall. It's not like a 14 or anything. Uh, anywho. In 2020, new research showed Hidden Dune has surpassed Star Dune as the tallest dune in North America at 742 feet. Star Dune dropped to 741 feet. That's pretty crazy. You could you could literally just take like a handful of sand and plop it on top of Star Dune and it'd be the tallest again. That's that's pretty wild. Anyway, so Hidden Dune is now the uh t tallest dune in North America. Hidden Dune is named for its remote location in the dune field, where it is not visible from most of the main visitor day-use areas. Hike north slash northwest to reach it. Use the photo at left uh, 
use the photo at left as a reference image. I'll be sure to check Hidden Dune out, gosh dang. Um, and Cleveland Peak is behind it. That looks interesting. But I want to get to Star Dune, you know, because it seems like Star Dune is kind of eroding away, and I want to check out Star Dune before it goes away. Once the tallest dune in North America, it has been slightly surpassed by Hidden Dune. It is still a huge, majestic dune, 741 feet. Uh, and then it says average round trip hiking time is six hours over six miles. Probably not. Again, they just make the sand dunes seem way too dangerous for no reason. Not not dangerous at all. Sand dunes, one of the safest places on Earth. It's literally just a giant bucket of sand. Uh, but sand dunes are flipping awesome. Looking forward to this new train. It's, it's going to ease up travel so much along the I-25 corridor. There's so many people, you know, just travel from Denver to Colorado Springs or Denver to Boulder or vice versa. Why isn't there a train? It makes so much sense. Jared Polis is a flippin' mastermind. Great sand dunes, man. What what a spot, you know? Just what just what an area. Anywho. So yeah, that's pretty cool. And uh High Dune is is flippin' awesome sauce. I look forward to checking that out again. Man, the Google Maps views really did not do the, the sand dunes justice. You, you go up to the sand dunes, and it's like you're you're not even on the same you're not even in the same state anymore. You've crossed over into a whole new like way of thinking, and uh, I just find that so fascinating. I like the sand dunes because they have such a such an aesthetic to them. They they ha they really. You really do hike up on the sand dunes and you feel like you're in like a screensaver or something. It's just it's just so cool. It's 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 way cooler than the mountains or anything, I can say that for sure. Anywho. Uh, yeah, the Google Maps views do not do this this place justice. One of the most infuriating uh, articles I read recently was in fifty two eighty magazine. And if you if you know anything about me in 5280 magazine, it's that I really don't like 5280 magazine. It's not written by people from Colorado, and they have no idea what they're talking about. But there's this one article about how you know silence is important in nature. I agree. If you, if you go up to like you know Pikes Peak and you bring a bunch of firecrackers or something, absolutely, that shouldn't be. Okay, you know, you should get a fine or something for that. But this complete wackadoodle complains about some teenagers who are screaming and having fun on the sand dunes. It's like, I don't know if this more, I noticed this. There, there isn't any wildlife on the sand dunes. Like, there's a few frogs and stuff, but nobody is, none of these frogs care if there's a couple humans having fun. What else are you going to do on the sand dunes besides make some noise and scream a little because it's so awesome? I, I cannot even imagine what would happen if this idiot 
writing in 5280 suggested that every, like there's a strict silence uh, observed at all times on the sand dunes and then you know people have to abide by that because some of the idiot legislation outlined in 5280 has already been adopted like for instance Colorado bringing in flipping wolves that was a 5280 idea originally thanks idiots probably don't even feel safe going up to the mountains anymore because I'm can be eaten but I ain't flipping wolf they don't belong here but uh you know I hope the sand dunes don't impose any, like, you got to be quiet here on the sand dunes. Because it's, there's, there's no wildlife on there. There's nothing that would mind if you screamed. It's just a big bucket of sand. Uh, but, but this absolute nuthatch who writes this article in 52A is like, Oh, no, I wanted to enjoy the sand dunes by meditating. It's like, yeah, but it's not all about you. Just accept that some people are going to have fun and some people are going to be louder than others. Not everyone's going to be screaming. But if you're sledding down the dunes at like 50 miles an hour, yeah, you're going to scream. It's like a roller coaster. It's called fun. You ever hear of it, you, you uptight bastard? So anyway, yeah, a lot of morons who have no idea what they're talking about. But High Dune is really cool. There's, there's a Google Maps view of it. And you can see some like hearts carved out in the sand... Uh, one of them says, like, I love you, Ian. Pretty nice. And again, you can draw whatever you want in the sand. That's another awesome, awesome part. I could draw, like, by Nicholas Comics in the sand, and uh, nobody would care, because it just washes away after a while. It's like sidewalk chalk. That's what's so awesome about the sand dunes. You can draw in them. You can bury yourself in them. You just have so much fun with sand. It's such a fun material. It's like a flipping... And and another thing is that there's tons of magnetite in the sand. Magnetite is the most magnetic, uh, you know, material in nature. So if you have, like, a magnet, you can attract some magnetite. That's pretty fun. If you have a magnet on you, you can, like, pick up some magnetite. And uh, that's the stuff that's in those, like, toys where you got the, like, the woolly willy or... Uh, the one with, like, the, the face and you draw a beard and a mustache on that's magnetite. And uh, the sand dunes have a really high concentration of magnetite. So that's pretty awesome. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, once this train line gets built, I'm definitely... First place I'm going to try and try and check out is the uh, sand dunes. Because they're just something to behold, I tell you. It, it'd, be a, it'd be pretty cool if I could, like... Gosh, what would I use to represent a sandworm if I didn't have a, an official sandworm posable action figure? Maybe like a maybe like a pool noodle or something would be a would be a good looking sandworm. You just like stick it out of the sand and have it like I like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, I look forward to I look forward to that. I know about the Dune movie. It's kind of looking like a mixed bag. You know, as someone, as someone who lives so close to such cool sand dunes, uh, I definitely have a strong, you know, predilection towards the Dune franchise. And I think it definitely has potential here. But uh, I just don't know. 
I don't know what other movies I want to see that are currently in theaters. Let me check out. Let me check out what's in theaters here. It's currently 4:35. We're about done. I had one question. Nobody wins a free comic this week, but you know I don't have any new free comics anyway, so not much, not much to, not much to give away. But uh, let's see what's in the uh, movie theaters. Theaters near me. Looks like the uh, closest one is the AMC Nine plus Co Ten. You also got the. Uh, let me see here on maps. I'm looking forward to a gosh darn movie right about now. I would go check out Dune. I'd go have a look at. It. Seems like all the movie theaters that show the mainstream movies are out in the out in the burbs, out in the sticks. Uh, but uh, there, yeah, there's Century Aurora, which is the one where the shooting happened. There's AMC Dine-In, AMC 9 Plus Co-10. You got the Esquire and the Mayan, but neither of those have have new... St- oh, you got the Regal, I guess. Yeah, maybe I'd, maybe I'd go to the Regal. Looks like it's downtown. Mm, let me see here. Yeah, I'm looking forward to going to movies again. I hope uh, at least some of the movies that I that I missed out on like late 2018, late 2019 are still on. Jungle Cruise, Stillwater, The Green Knight, Old, Snake Eyes, Space Jam 2, which I absolutely am not going to be watching. Uh, the Purge 5, not going to be watching that. F9. Not watching that. Black Pink the movie. Not watching that. The new Suicide Squad that pretends to be better than the than the original Suicide Squad. Not going to be watching that. Oh, you got Free Guy. I remember seeing the trailer for that back in 2019. Doesn't look interesting. Probably not going to watch it. You got something called 645. Let me see about this 645 movie. Man, I thought... I thought after a year without movies, people would start, like, respecting movies again and not make this hot garbage trash like, like uh, you know, flipping, uh, flipping F9 and The Purge 5, but I guess I was wrong. Uh, you, get, you got re-hostings of Star Trek 4 and... Uh, the Great Muppet Caper, but I'm not interested in reruns. I've seen both of those. The Night House. Jeez, what even is this? All this garbage. Oh, jeez, there's a new Coraline. Maybe there isn't. Maybe it's just a rerun. Who knows? There's a... Uh, Eating Our Way to Extinction. Uh, there's a rerun of Labyrinth. You know, I used to say I wished that the theaters would just like play old movies, but now I'm kind of realizing that they're only playing a bunch of these old movies like Labyrinth and everything because they don't have anything good to show, you know, that's just new. It's kind of crap. What are all these dang, dang movies? 
6.45. The plot synopsis is, A romantic weekend getaway turns into a demented cycle of terror when a couple find themselves living the same horrific day over and over again. Oh, what does that sound like? Oh, it's just Groundhog Day, but a horror version of it, which was already done in Happy Death Day. I feel like all these Groundhog Day ripoffs are really starting to grate on each other, which is ironic considering Groundhog Day is a movie about literal repetition. So that's pretty interesting. But, uh, yeah, n- nothing at the Regal I'd be interested in seeing. There's always, like, only one option I'd be interested in, if any. Jungle Cruise? What the fuck is Jungle Cruise? What is this hot garbage? Jungle Cruise. Who's watching this trash? This is the Green Knight. I don't know any of these movies. What happened to Barb and Star Visit Vita Del Mar, the charming comedy with Kristen Wiig? I was looking forward to that. Hopefully that's showing someplace. Oh. The Green Knight looks fun. It's a fantasy about King Arthur. I go for it. Who knows? Then, of course, there's Candyman. The new Candyman, which... I, I like the original Candyman, and, you know, he's a cool character. Like, Beck dresses up a, as him in uh, Where It's At. Um, you know, co- cool character with the hook hand and everything, and, and the bees and the candy, but... No, I'm, I'm just thinking, like... This new version's produced by Jordan Peele. It's not directed by him, but it is... Oh, it's written. It's written by him. Probably not going to be good. And that's a shame, because the original Candyman is, is so good. Like, the the original Candyman's flipping awesome. I, I just don't know why it had to be written by Jordan Peele. And, and, and it's produced by him. It's not directed by him, but it is written by him, and produced by him. So that, you know... Because I like Candyman. He's a cool character. Except, you know... I mean, and this has even got Tony Todd being back as back as Candyman. So that's 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 just a real shame, um, you know. Because I mean, it's the same Candyman, so it might be good. I, I just feel like Jordan Peele has has never been good at at a at like race politics or racial politics. Us is an absolute mess when it comes to addressing race. Get Out's an absolute flipping disaster. Um, of course, then you got, like, Negro Town. I just wonder how everyone keeps thinking that this guy's, like, the, you know, the next big name in, like, you know, Black Lives Matter and all this stuff. He's a hack. His movies are garbage. I just don't think he's going to give a nuanced look at the Candyman character, which is a shame, you know, because the original Candyman really, you know, like it really addresses race really good. It's a real, it's a really good comment on, you know, the urban experience. And Candyman is a cool character because he's, you know, it's like, a, you know, he's a horror character for, you know, the the 
know, the, the ghetto experience, basically. He basically is like Freddy Krueger, but, you know, for, for you know, uh, he's really, is really cool. I like Candyman. But this new one's by Jordan Peele, so probably not going to be that great. Um, but it's released on August 27th, so who knows? I might go see it. Who knows? Jordan Peele might flip and surprise me. Like, I really, really doubt it, but he might actually surprise me. Antebellum looked like shit. Antebellum looked like a complete disaster, like a complete train wreck. Oh, good. It got mixed to negative reviews, and it did not live up to the premise's full potential. Uh, that's good. Maybe, maybe Jordan Peele has kind of given up on directing. Maybe he's just writing and producing now, and that would that would be great. I I'd I'd probably you know I I'd say that's probably a good a good direction for him to go. Because it's it's you know it's 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 not a good movie. Antebellum is crap. So it's not even gonna be re- it's not even gonna be released. It's it was originally supposed to be released in like April 2020, and uh, it wasn't obviously. Uh, but but it was, you know. Then it's then it's so it didn't get it didn't get a theatrical release. And I think a lot of people, you know, if they watch something at home instead of in theaters, they're more like skeptical about because it it's not a big grand experience. You know, it's in a little room, and you kind of look at a movie with more skeptical eyes in that lens, or maybe not, because I mean, you know, Netflix originals are all trash, and they're and they're doing great. I might go see the new Candyman. It looks okay. It'll, it'll, it looks decent enough. I I'd probably go see it. You know, who knows? It, it's it's Tony Todd. You know, back back is the flipping Candyman. You know, like I think if Candyman didn't have Tony Todd. And it, and it was like, you know, some... If Jordan Peele was Candyman, for instance, because he probably would be, uh, if, you know, because his ego is so giant, he'd probably just make himself Candyman. Or maybe, like, Tracy Morgan would be Candyman or something. It wouldn't work, but, you know, it's Tony Todd, so maybe it's good. I, I, would, I, would, I would probably watch it. You know, who knows? I, I, I probably would. But uh, it's written by Jordan Peele. And, you know, on the one hand, Jordan Peele isn't a good director. And this Nia, Nia DaCosta, you know, Nia DaCosta seems like an okay director. You know, she, she she's done, you know, she has she has an impressive, an impressive filmography behind her. So I, I would, I would, I would buy that. You know she can she can do Candyman justice. I just feel like a script. I, I I just feel like a script by, you know, like like a script by by Jordan Peele is just destined to make a movie kind of lame. As you know, I mean, I, I've said this before, but direction isn't everything with a movie. The script is also very important. And I, I just feel like Jordan Peele really, really sucks. And I've seen the trailer for the new Candyman. It's gonna dress race and everything, and like police beatings, 
And I just hope, for gosh sakes, that Jordan Peele can handle the subject matter in like a sensitive way that also makes Candyman fun. Because the original Candyman's already about that kind of thing, you know, the the black experience and dealing with prejudice and, you know, he's literally this, you know, Candyman's literally the son of a slave or whatever. That's his origin. So, like, you know, I, I feel like... I feel like it, it would just... It would not really, it would not really work with, uh, you know, it, it, I don't know if it's gonna work with Jordan, Jordan Peele, but since since he's not the director, I'll probably actually, uh, I, I will probably go see Candyman because I mean, what else am I gonna watch? The Suicide Squad or freaking freaking Space Jam Two? I'm not gonna go watch Space Jam Two for gosh sakes. Probably Candyman and Dune. What I'm excited for. I want. I want to see the new Candyman. I want to like the new Candyman. I'll give the new Candyman a chance. I'll say that. I hated us. I hated flipping Get Out. Antebellum is a freaking dumpster fire. But Candyman's, uh, you know, it's a franchise with with a lot of potential, and you know, uh, it, it's, it's a lot of people's favorite. It, it's a, it's a classic. So I think. That so long as Tony Todd's still Candyman, and you got you know the hook hand and and the awesome coat and you know all that, who knows? It could it could actually do pretty good? It could actually uh, be successful, and uh, I, I'll probably check it out along with Dune. So if I sell enough comics, I'll probably head out to the movies and check check out Dune or Candyman. Uh, Candyman's coming out uh, August 27th, and Dune's coming out. When's Dune coming out? Dune's coming out October 22nd. So pr- I'll probably see Candyman first. Uh, so so many so many movies that actually look good. Like I said, Barb and Star. I hope I see Barb and Star, maybe Willy's Wonderland with Nick Cage or Pig. Either of those two would make my day, obviously. Nick Cage is the man. But, uh, uh yeah, so so many that, that I was kind of looking forward to that actually look kind of okay. Uh, obviously, Bill and Ted 3 will probably not get released theatrically, and that sucks. I didn't even see Bill and Ted one or two. I, I haven't even seen any of those. I didn't even I didn't even know that Keanu Reeves was one of them. All I knew is it was just like the time travel and stuff. I had no idea that one of them was Keanu Reeves or that you know there was a third one. Or I probably would have watched the third one without seeing the first two. Even though usually I don't watch a movie if if I haven't seen the the first two. I just think Bill and Ted is such such an interesting franchise that I'd watch the third one, but only on streaming. So, and I I just think this hype over you know the the theaters dying out is so flippin' stupid. Theaters aren't gonna die. Like, sure, AMC might go bankrupt. Guess what? There's other theater chains besides AMC. Is is the only theaters you've ever gone to AMC? Gosh, that's sad. You know, there's there's other movie theaters besides AMC. Uh, I don't know who who looks at AMC and goes, ah, oh, yeah, that's the only movie theater chain in, in existence. 
There's plenty of other ones. Um, well, yeah, it's, it's been hard going an entire year without seeing a new, fresh movie. I'm ready for some new content, so I'm probably going to watch the new Dune. I'm more excited for the new Dune than the new Candyman, but the new Candyman could be okay. And uh, the new Dune looks pretty cool. I mean, obviously, I'm not going to know anyone in the movie, but that's okay. I don't got I don't got no celebrities. I'm sure some of them are at least marginally talented, even if there's no Patrick Stewart or Sting. You know, where where's Sting in in Dune? I, I want to see Sting. He's awesome. You know what the heck? I should just be glad that there's a Dune adaptation because Dune is flipping cool. It's a flipping cool. It's it's a flipping awesome franchise. So yeah, I can't. I I'd be lying if I said I wasn't looking forward to the new Dune, and I'm also looking forward to visiting the the actual Dunes and checking those out pretty pretty soon here. Ah uh, man, I I am really looking forward to this new fresh. This this fresh new flipping train plan. It looks so flipping awesome, and uh, I'm, I wonder when it's gonna be finished. 2022, 2023. You know, obviously building a new a new railroad takes quite a few years, but once it's done, it is worth it because we're talking flipping. We're talking an entire corridor up and down I-25. That's something Colorado could absolutely use. We don't need DIA. It's a giant waste of taxpayer money. You know, first when this new bag tax was was introduced, where you have to pay 10 cents per plastic bag when you go shopping, I was a little resistant, but then I realized, hey, this is probably the tax that goes towards the train. Absolutely. If you live in Colorado and uh, you go shopping, don't bring a reusable bag for your plastic bags, 10 cents per bag, every little bit counts. Now, I, 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 I can't say for sure, that's just my guess, but I guess that that tax goes at least in part towards the railroad, or, you know, some kind of infrastructure. Paying taxes is important. It's a good thing to do. Maybe it's just at a point where, you know, nobody's recycling their plastic bags, they're all piling up in landfills, and the plastic plastic bags the source from has become kind of a scarce resource, in which case, fine, 10 cents a bag, that's nothing. I mean, come on, it's a flippin' dime. You can do that. Pay your flippin' taxes, do your obligations to society, so what if you don't like being charged 10 cents a bag? It benefits everyone on the whole, especially with Governor Polis in charge. What a guy. Open, openly gay. He's Jewish. Man, could there be a more Coloradan governor? And he's from Boulder. Man, just what what a Colorado-type guy. He's like the human embodiment of Colorado. He's gay. He's, he's flamboyant. Excellent governor. It's not just that he's gay, though, of course. He's a really, really good governor, like compared to... You know, Hancock and all these other, you know, governors in the past, they don't even stack up to, to, to Jared. Like, he is the stuff. He is getting things done. Uh, I absolutely backed him in the uh, in the midterms, and, man, he, he is just going to change up so much stuff, like open infrastructure, a whole train line up and down I-25. That's a brilliant idea. If I was governor... I couldn't have done it better myself, let me tell you. 
building an entire flipping train up and down I-25. I never even, like, considered that that was a possibility because I'd become so used to the status quo of everyone driving everywhere and being wasteful and not using public transit for a scenario that easily could be public transit, you know, because I-25 doesn't even really go into the mountains. It just goes next to them. I-70 train, that might be hard to construct, you know, because you'd have to build it through the mountains, but, like, an I-25 train? Heck yes. G- give me an I-25 train, I'd be on that in a flippin' heartbeat. District will create service plan could ask voters in all or part of 13 counties to approve a sales tax. It says the first trains won't be ready to roll for at least a couple years. I'm looking at the Denver Post article here. Money will be scarce. And uh, three round trips per day between Fort Collins and Pueblo, and one of them travels farther north to Cheyenne. One of them should... It doesn't mention Taos. Maybe I just imagine that, but one of them should go all the way down to Taos, because that's equally as important as Cheyenne, if not more. Because, I mean... Just as many people travel from Taos. I'm not saying it should go all the way down to like Albuquerque or something, but at least Taos, because if you're going to expand into Wyoming, there's no reason why you shouldn't go all the way down to Taos. Oh, it says there's discussion about linking it farther south to Trinidad. That that problem probably be that'd probably be far south enough I'd say because that's that's below Walsenburg so I'd be able to get to the sand dunes if 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 it just went as far south as Trinidad that'd be okay most but not all Republicans in the legislature oppose the bill over objections that include the potential railways costs and concerns about the potential use of eminent domain to acquire property yeah guess what Imminent domain is a thing that exists. Like it or not, that's how America works. It's in the Constitution. It's a thing that happens. Government owns all the land. Nothing you can do about it. You can be Farmer Joe Joe McHorshwig all you want and come out there with a gun, but if the government gives you money to move somewhere else and they're building a train that benefits everyone, you, you take the money and go. Don't try and, like, fight it or anything. You shut up. Take the money and go. They'll pay you to buy a new house. Maybe it's not right in the middle of the rail railway. Sorry. Yeah, of course the Republicans are objecting to this. Because the, they only flippin'... They, they only flippin'... You know... They only uh, they only support the air, the airlines because they make money and they're wasteful, and uh, and it's what a flipping stupid piece of shit. I'm gonna read one of the comments here because it's kind of fun. But uh, this one moron says it's 4:58, so we're almost done here. But I'm just gonna I'm just gonna uh, read one of these comments. It's a moron complaining about Amtrak being slow, and it's like, like yeah, if you don't if you don't invest in something, it's not going to work as good as it could. 
because you haven't paid your fucking taxes. That's how it works. Uh, freaking moron. Anyway. Amtrak's federally owned, but it is for profit. So it's not like a socialist institution like the USPS or anything. But I, I, I trust Amtrak. I mean, who else am I going to trust? What other railway companies are there, really? I, 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 I go for Amtrak. I rented a roomette on Amtrak and recently took a friend to Glenwood Springs. One of the locomotives heading out of Denver was having problems, and it took a while to climb the 2% grade of Coal Creek Canyon with one unit. This is impressive, as it is also supplying all the electricity for the passenger cars. Anyway, that happens. The train arrived two hours late. I think that is considered on time by Amtrak standards. Coming back, the train was three hours late, getting from GS to GS from Grand Junction. The crew had timed out. Then we had slow orders, and the train couldn't go faster than 10 miles per hour for 10 miles because the tracks were too hot. Huh? Why doesn't that happen in here on a 100-degree day? We missed the included lunch and drinks on the return trip and arrived three and a half hours late. That's the kind of railroad we want to partner with. So then a guy says, this is a good argument for improving Amtrak, not trashing it. And I have to agree with them. Uh, improve Amtrak, don't dump it. It's a, it's a fine institution. It's just an idiot to, to insult Amtrak like that. They're a fine company, but they just haven't worked for years. It's kind of the same thing with NASA, you know. If you, if you don't fund NASA, they're not going to be interested in space exploration. If you don't fund Amtrak, they're not going to be able to take people by train, which is an efficient way to travel. But, uh, yeah. Pay, pay, pay for those plastic bags, because every little bit is going to pay for this awesome new train line that's going to totally turn Colorado into a flipping hub of travel and commerce, and connect Colorado Springs and Boulder and and Denver and Pueblo in new and exciting ways that haven't been seen before. So, uh, yeah, it could be a couple of years, could be 2022, 2023, but uh, it'll be worth in the long run. I am, I am definitely putting my faith in this new train, and I hope they extend it down to Trinidad, because that means there will probably be a stop at Walsenburg and get off and enjoy the sand dunes. For gosh sakes, I want to get down to the sand dunes. Do you want to be on the show? Join the Nicholas Comics Discord server today. I'll answer any questions you have. You can appear in the next episode. Do you want to buy Nicholas Comics? Write to Nicholas K, 1424 Columbine Street, number 1, Denver, Colorado, 80206. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next episode.